This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I speak with Rebecca Chant, who is a remote copywriter and blogger behind Maybe This Way. Before becoming a freelancer, Rebecca was a dietitian. Although she enjoyed her job, she knew she wanted to travel the world. So Rebecca quit her job and traveled solo for several years. After her journey ended, she decided to come back to her job, but soon realized that her career as a dietitian wasn't as fulfilling as she had remembered. The years she spent traveling made her realize that she wanted to continue to travel and be a writer. Today, she is doing just that. She and her husband have taken the leap to travel and work remotely, but with a home base in Montreal, Canada. Rebecca is a very special guest because she was the first listener to reach out to me and let me know how this podcast has helped her take the next step to be location independent. Her story and courage to live the life she truly wants to live is so inspiring to me. So if the podcast has also helped you take the leap to a life you truly love, make sure to send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. Who knows, I may just feature and interview you as well. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on this show because you had emailed me a few weeks ago about featuring me on your website and then also letting me know how you enjoyed the podcast and how it helped you transition to a location independent lifestyle. And that made me so happy. So thank you so much for reaching out. Of course. I was so happy you responded to me. Never mind, invite me on to your podcast. And I have listened to most of your episodes and they've all been really inspiring and so everything I said was true (laughs) that makes me even more happy this is exactly what I wanted to do when I started the podcast is to inspire myself and other people to go into a freedom lifestyle and the life that they really want to live and I'm so happy that you're doing that Rebecca yeah um, everyone you've interviewed has just been so different and unique and really you can learn a lot from each person so thank you for that yeah and now you're one of them So Rebecca, your story is really unique and really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? So I'm actually trained as a dietitian. I went to university for that. Um, And I worked in a children's hostel for several years and I kind of felt the call of traveling. So I quit my job, traveled for a while, and then came back to the same job and realized that that wasn't quite what I wanted to do anymore. So I switched careers. I went back to school for journalism and just graduated in April from my program. And now I am traveling and blogging and writing and living location independently, but with a home base in Montreal. And it's a bit, not I guess more unique, but um, my husband has worked for himself for the past 10 years, I believe. So it was something that was always kind of possible in the future to do because he was already working at home. He just had to make his business kind of location independent as well. But it was it was easier for him because he was already kind of doing it, but just from Montreal. That's amazing. And for you to take that leap to actually become location independent and go into a completely different career, what were the first steps that you took in order to reach that goal and your dream to be location independent? 
It took a lot of thinking about it, to be honest. Um, Kind of a lot of, is this actually a thing? Can I do this? Is it sustainable? Is that the future that I want? So a lot of brainstorming uh, with myself, for sure, but also with my partner. And then once I realized, yes, I want to do something more creative, something more uh, free, I looked into kind of writing programs, you could say, because my background as a dietitian was purely science. And as much as I love writing, I felt the need to have a little bit more education behind that. And luckily, I'm from a province in Canada where where university is pretty cheap. So that was possible for me. So I went into journalism. It was a year program. Thankfully, that was it. (laughs) And kind of went into it saying, okay, I want to write. I want to travel. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do this. And then throughout it, we kind of both talked about, my partner and I talked about me doing kind of more travel writing and and based like that. And with the help of lots of research online and podcasts like yours, now it's really happening. A lot of people, most of us are afraid to move on from a job that's really secure and you've worked really hard on it for so many years and transitioned into something more creative or other things that will lead you to this lifestyle. What was the reaction from your husband when you told him this? And did you have a lot of fears and anxiety from moving on? Absolutely. Fear and anxiety, for sure. A lot of excitement. Um, My husband is 100% supportive. He's kind of like, Kate, what do you want to do? Let's make it happen. And I'm the same way with him. So that works out. Some of my friends were a little bit more kind of hesitant. What, you know, what are you doing? Is this what you want? My parents are kind of getting used to me doing whatever I want. (laughs) I know they're going to listen to this podcast and be like, yeah, yeah, we knew you were going to do this eventually. (laughs) So not too many people were surprised. And because I had kind of quit my job before to travel, that was actually because there's two separate moments. I quit to travel, but then I went back. And then I quit again to kind of change careers. So the first time I quit was actually much scarier because it was the first time I had done something like that and people were telling me not to do it. And the second time people were kind of, you know, less surprised (laughs) about it. It's always scary the first time and then afterwards it's like you already mentally prepared yourself from before so it's you kind of know what's going to happen and there's going to be some people who will just not understand it because security obviously is what most people want with their life and then you're going out of that and it's a completely foreign thing for most people to to even handle. Exactly. I mean, there were a lot of talks with my coworkers, actually, like I'm really good friends with some of my, well, former coworkers. So there were a lot of discussions about that, you know, the security and the not security and what I want. And, you know, they're taking the path of having that career that I could have. And so at least I had people to talk to in that regard. So your day must be so different from before when you still had your day job. What does it look like right now? Um, it's a bit messy right now. (laughs) Of course, there's one of the travel days and then the at home days. And I am still kind of trying to find the perfect balance. But my day, basically, I I sleep in for sure. I'm a sleeper inner. And I realize that that's okay, because I'm actually more productive at night. And I find that a lot of people give tips on, you know, wake up early, get your day started, all of that. And for me, it's kind of the opposite. It's enjoy my morning, whether that's at home in Montreal or whether I'm traveling, kind of enjoy my morning, enjoy my day. And then when I get home afterwards, it's time for me to work. And that's when I'm most productive. So each day is a bit different. While traveling, obviously, it's great that I have the day where I'm not feeling that stressed about working. And at home, same thing. I can do errands. I can do whatever I want. And then I work at night. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are like, no, you need to wake up early to be productive. (laughs) 
but I promise you tried and tested, I am more productive at night. It's different when everybody, it's different when you're at your most productive. And I have to say, I thought I was a morning person and I'm actually more productive in the afternoon. So I definitely get you there. I still wake up really early, but I'm more focused in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Like during the day, I mean, of course I work. I'm not just saying I'm like floundering around. I mean, you know, social media, emails, things like that. But it's much less, it's, it's more of the things that are kind of here and there. Um, but when I really need to sit down and focus on something like um, my copywriting jobs, uh, writing a blog post, editing photos, things like that, that's really at night that I do that. Looking at your life and a lot of freelancers life, especially on social media, it looks like a dream come true. But I know and you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So what are some of the things that you didn't realize were obstacles as a freelancer that you know now that you wish you did? So I'm really lucky because I witnessed my husband, you know, I watched my husband go through this for so long that all the things that kind of he had to deal with on the day to day, like no social interaction unless you make it happen, things like that. I'm kind of prepared for that already. Uh, So that was really helpful for me. But something that's kind of tough with blogging and being on your own is that you really do everything, even the stuff you don't want to do. Like, for example, writing the metadata in all of your blog posts, all those descriptions, like that's something that I do not enjoy doing, but it's up to me. And, you know, a blog post isn't done until that's done. So really, if you're going into kind of freelancing, it really is you from A to Z. Uh, And all of those details that you wish you didn't have to do, it's still up to you. For now, at least until you can hire someone. (laughs) (laughs) That is really true, Rebecca. Everything is on you. Everything you're doing, whether you're starting a blog or a business or whatever it is that you're doing, You don't have coworkers that's going to help you out or even a boss telling you when the deadline is. So you have to be your own assistant, your own boss, everything all into one. All those small details are what take up the most time. And so I think that that's never shown. And thankfully, I I knew that um, because of, you know, firsthand witness to that experience. But the reality is, you know, those Instagram captions, you got to write them. You got to you know, think about them, do the research, write them, all the hashtags, all the tagging, you know, just one Instagram post is so much time. And I don't think that's often shown. Because, you know, it just comes out of nowhere and the pretty images. And I always tell people the more beautiful the images are, the more work that person had to do to get it. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely. What has been the biggest setback that you have encountered so far? And how do you usually handle it? The biggest setback for becoming a freelancer and location independent was really myself, in a way, um, of me uh, doubting that this was possible, doubting that this was possible for me, um, thinking that this is kind of a legitimate career choice and getting kind of all of that out of my head and saying, yes, I can do this. Yes, this is for me. Yes, this is what feels right. And putting that mentality in your head that I'm going to do this. I'm going to be successful at it. And I'm going to work hard to become successful at it. So kind of getting over that 
uh, doubt and becoming confident in what you're doing. It's amazing what happens when you finally take the step and you take all of those negative thoughts out of your head and realize that you are a really strong person and you're capable of so many things if you just give yourself the confidence to do it. So just seeing you and what you're doing and your husband and what you're doing right now, none of us are really that special. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just what you're willing to do with your life and whether you have the courage to do it or not. I think what makes the difference and obviously the persistence that you have and really realizing those goals and those dreams Mm -hmm. and the importance of it for you right you it has to be the important thing it has to be your priority and you have to be confident in yourself that you're going to succeed that's the only way to really truly kind of make it happen in a way that that fulfills you yeah absolutely and then you're obviously going to get naysayers and negativity And you just brush that off because, you know, it's their life. They live how they want to live and you live the way you want to live. And later on, they're going to be like, how on earth did you do that? And you're like, because I did. (laughs) Because of all the hours behind the scene, (laughs) editing SEO, that's how. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, Rebecca, how do you balance work into your travel? What I do as a freelancer, I'm not really on a time zone, but my husband is actually, he works a regular schedule in Eastern Standard Time Zone. So it really depends on where we are in the world. Uh, Like last year we were in Colombia and that was kind of a similar time zone. So it was much easier. We kind of had to change. The morning was work and then the afternoon was exploring. And then here where we're in... um, Belgrade at the moment, it's a totally different time zone. So it's better for us to go and have fun in the morning and then work at night. So thankfully, my schedule is a bit flexible and I can work kind of whenever. So I'm a little bit tied to my husband's nine to five, you could say, but it works for us. And days where we don't really work all that much, we'll make up for it on another day. Like, for example, yesterday, it was a work day for us. It was sunny out and it was nice, but it was a Friday before a weekend and it was a work day. Whereas the day before uh, was a travel day. So you just kind of have to balance that. Not every day is the same. Every day is different as a freelancer, as a digital nomad. So you just need to figure out how to make it work because otherwise you're not going to make a living. You shouldn't be traveling and stressing out about work at every single moment. You also have to let yourself enjoy what you're doing, enjoy the travel time. And if you didn't work that day, that's okay. Go home, write down what you did that day so you can write about it another time. Uh, But you really have to be still in the moment as much as in the back of your mind. You're thinking about blog posts and what you can write about this and destinations. You must have spoken to a lot of people before you left your job and then after. What has been the worst advice you have ever received? The worst advice I've ever received was that first time that I quit. to. So when I say I quit to travel, I traveled for about two years the first time. So I did come back for a little bit um, and then got on a plane again. So it was about two years that I quit for. But when I quit my job, I kind of told people it was six months. I wasn't really sure how long I would go for. And a lot of people told me not to. A lot of people said, well, can't you just travel on like your vacation days? Kind of, you know, keep this job, travel on. Thankfully, we have four weeks off. I know a lot of people don't have that privilege. You know, travel once a month every year. Oh, no, sorry, not once a month. (laughs) For a month uh, every year and kind of get the travel bug out of your system that way. 
that was kind of counterbalanced with a lot of people telling me that they had wished they traveled when they were younger and didn't have kids and, and all of that stuff. So if I had listened to one side, I would still be in a job that I did enjoy, but just totally different from what I'm doing now. But I'm glad I listened to kind of the other people uh, say that, you know, they wish they had traveled. They were super happy for me that I was making that decision. It's really interesting how there's so many what ifs and regrets once you get older. But if you actually took that leap and took the risk to do what you want to do, it becomes a totally different story, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, like back when I was your age, I went on like this two month vacation some or this two month trip somewhere. And it was the best time I had ever. I wish I'd done it again. There was a lot of that. And like, I'm super glad that they traveled. and I'm super glad they did that. But I knew for me, it was more than a one time thing. And it could be a lifestyle and it could be your whole life. And it's about not just traveling, but just with anything that you set your mind to. And you could really design your life however you want to. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be travel full time. I mean, I'm not traveling full time. It doesn't even really have to be about the travel if you don't want it to make it all about that. Like it's really whatever feels right for you. So you've talked about your husband. What does he actually do for a living? Now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a little bit not complicated, but it's a bit a little bit unusual. So I'm going to really simplify it. I have practiced simplifying this. So <laughs> large companies um, or new companies or kind of any company uh, starts up, they always have like telecommunication needs. So that means phones, internet, conferencing, you name it. When a company sets up, they need these things or when they're growing or when they're merging. So he actually gets kind of hired by these companies to figure it out for them. He like does the shopping for all of the systems that they need and he puts it all in place. He's kind of like a broker for telecom for companies. Oh, it's like personal shopping for telecom. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> that is pretty unique. And that's an interesting job. I've never heard of anyone have that job before. So you both of you are super interesting. <laughs> yeah, he kind of created that job from thin air. There's not many people who do what he does. And it's grown over the last 10 years. Yeah, he's he's pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great that you both found each other. So <laughs> when you're traveling, obviously, you have to stay productive as well. So do you have any productivity tip that has worked for you? Um, this one I resisted quite a bit. This one I learned from, you know, my partner's experiences is to go outside at least once every day. And I know that sounds kind of silly, uh, because most people leave their house every day, at least once. But when you're working for yourself, you don't have to necessarily. You can stay in your pajamas all day. You can change into regular clothes and stay <laughs> at your computer all day. But fresh air is important. And it took me a while to get on board with that because right when I made the transition to like working from home, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't have to leave the house. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. And then you realize, no, actually, you need to leave the house to be to get stuff done, to to get some fresh air and make the day much better, but also possibly, you know, to keep doing that day after day. I mean, after a while, it it's harder to be more productive when you're just staying at home all day. And then you also get distracted with certain things. And I, I think you're right. Definitely going outside and getting fresh air will help so much. 
Yeah, it kind of resets your day in a sense. Like the moment you're starting to feel uninspired, it's like, okay, time for a walk. How were you able to finance this chosen career at the start and how do you continue to create income today? Thankfully, I had a unionized job at the hospital, so I had a real salary. So I was able to save um, some money there. And then when I went back to school, I did have to take out some loans to kind of tie me over uh, just as a safety net. Basically, I started copywriting during this past year uh, or so, and I've received income from that. So right now, the blog itself is not making money, but I have actually gained copywriting work from having my blog. So indirectly, uh, it's brought in money, which is the goal, No, uh, which is one of the goals for sure. So initially, for sure, savings. And then now it's kind of the stuff that people might not see on the blog necessarily, but I'm, I'm working behind the scenes. It's kind of like your portfolio, your blog, even though you just started, it necessarily doesn't have to make you money at the start, but it will get you to that point. So that's a really great way to do that. Yeah, exactly. Like right now, well, one of the people I'm working for is Skyscanner. I, I'm sure you've heard of Skyscanner. It's it was kind of like the Google Flights before Google Flights was even a thing. So it's kind of cool that I'm working for them now as an editor and a copywriter. And that happened at the same time that I started my blog because I was like, oh, hey, here, I'm starting a blog. It has brought in some opportunities, even if the blog itself has not made any money yet. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge company for you to be able to work with. So great job on that one. Thanks. <laughs> Achieving your goals and your dreams is obviously not easy and there's a lot of obstacles along the way. How do you handle stress and anxiety when you're faced with them? I overthink it for sure. <laughs> and then I, like many of the people you've interviewed on this podcast, I make lists of what I need to do and how to get it all done. And I typically start with the smaller things on the list because it makes me feel like I've accomplished way more when I've checked more things off the list. I mean, of course, with any freelancing at the beginning, it is stressful. Uh, there is some anxiety about, okay, how am I actually going to you know, pay my rent, pay all my bills? But it can also be very blocking if you let it kind of take over. So when you're feeling that stress, you know, you kind of have to sit down, you know, reprioritize what you have to do and kind of just start doing it. All of that stress comes because you're doing something that's, I feel like it's good, you know? <laughs> yeah, the stress can be motivating too, you know? When there's a, when there's some fire under you uh, <laughs> to get things done, it can be very motivating for sure. But yes, the thing is, is that a job is a job. There's going to be stress no matter what. But the point is, is that it's a good stress because you've chosen to have this as your job. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy do you want to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Okay, this question I have been thinking about <laughs> <laughs> because you ask everyone this and every time I'm so intrigued by what people answer. Um, I love it. Um, except for I don't have a good answer for it just yet. <laughs> Because I'd love to be able to say, you know, I, I obviously want to inspire people to kind of follow what feels right for them and what they want to do, for sure. And of course, if that's travel, that makes sense for me. Um, but it could be something else that makes better sense for, for someone else, kind of follow what they want to do. For sure, I am a very strong feminist. Um, and so I do want to leave somewhat of a feminist impact, whether that, whatever that means, either 
uh, engaging in conversations with people um, or motivating other strong women. Well, all women are strong, but other women to kind of follow what they want to do. That would be really, really cool. Um, I just always find that kind of inspire people to travel is very kind of privileged. And so that's why I always get stuck with this question. That's why I don't have a great answer is because saying that I have a travel blog and inspiring other people to travel, I feel is like I'm a white woman telling other people that they can travel. And I find that very problematic. So my legacy maybe is having everyone overthink everything, <laughs> every answer they're ever going to answer on the podcast. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but yes, it would be very cool to inspire some people to just maybe stand up for what they believe in, stick to what their gut is telling them to do and help them follow through with it. So let's get to some fun questions. Some people might like myself, I nerd out on interviewing, inspiring people like you, hiking, traveling, and really cheesy like romantic comedy movies. <laughs> what about you? What do you nerd out on, Rebecca? Well, this last year, I realized that I didn't really have any hobbies beyond kind of, you know, being the person who travels or being the person who's starting to write. Um, so I actually picked up two hobbies. One is knitting. I learned how to knit <laughs> and uh, I've been knitting, knitting scarves and blankets for the past year. And I also started doing hot yoga, which I love to hate and hate to love, basically. <laughs> That's those are like two polar opposites, something super relaxing. And then another one that's like supposed to be relaxing. And then it makes you super uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> you're just sweating. And you're like, why did I subject myself to this again? But then you and feel then, so good after. <laughs> yes, definitely. After your shower after that, so good. But up until that shower, you're like, why? Why am I doing this to myself? But yes, it's good. I've been doing it for a little while now. And it's I can officially say it's something I do. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Those are really great things to nerd out on. If you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl that you can't sell with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with? I would say the first 30 seconds would be something that would just throw everyone off because I think that would be hilarious. And then the second 30 seconds would be about being a responsible tourist since I started traveling on my own or, or traveling kind of more in my grown adult life without my family, I have noticed quite a few problematic things um, of tourists, for example, like going to religious buildings, not being properly covered, um, taking photos of, you know, children kind of without their consent and posting them online, things like that. And just kind of overall respecting general different cultures. Um, I think that that would be really important. Uh, for people to kind of consider when they're traveling that it's might be your vacation, but it's someone else's home. Responsible traveling is, you know, you really have to get to know the lay of the land and the people as well and their culture and how you need to, to act in certain places. So now as a freelance writer and uh, copywriter, what has been the best thing that you've learned from, from doing this? Uh, I think the best thing that I've learned from being a freelancer is really putting yourself out there. And if you put yourself out there, there will be work and there will be people who come to your site and there will be people who encourage you. But it's really about taking that first step where if there's a publication you want to get published in, you got to go for it. 
you know, not all attempts are successful, but there will be some that are. You just have to keep going for it. And I think that that is a great uh, thing that I've learned. That is so true. You really have to put yourself out there because no one's going to find you if you're just sitting at home and waiting for people to knock on your door and send you those emails. So, you know, being proactive is key to all of this. Yeah, proactive and following up for sure. Everyone's busy. You've got to follow up. What are you working on today that's really exciting to you? Uh, well, definitely the blog because it technically launched at the end of May. And then at the beginning of June, I finally had the courage to actually send the link to my friends and family. So the blog is still fairly new and I'm still very proud of it. And I'm going to be working very hard on creating content for it and reaching out to people. And I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. I have a few ideas in the future of things to add. Um, I'm starting right now with just kind of articles and content, but I'm hoping in the future to kind of grow that and whether that's kind of podcasts or ebooks or courses or something like that, I'm excited to kind of see what works. That is really exciting. And there's so many possibilities for you to do. And your blog is already amazing right now. So I can't even wait to see what's going to happen next. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Uh, definitely on the blog, maybe this way.com. Facebook is maybe this way. Kind of Pinterest is maybe this way. Uh, the only one that's different is Instagram, which is at maybe this way blog. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing all of those incredible knowledge uh, with us. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you reaching out to me. And I am so excited to share this episode with all of my listeners. Well, thank you. And I appreciate all of the work you do. And I'm definitely not the only person you've inspired. So keep it up. I love it. Aw, thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Rebecca. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Rebecca where she shares how to be a responsible tourist. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.